Want an easy way to start saving and investing? All you need is Acorns and your spare change. Link a credit or debit card and Acorns will round up your purchases to the nearest dollar and invest the difference in an expert-built diversified portfolio. On average, Acorns users invest $166 in four months from just their spare change. And if you sign up today, you'll get a $10 bonus investment. To sign up and view disclosures, visit acorns.com slash Spotify. Look how happy I am to see you here, Reverend Keith. I love you, man. I hope you're doing well. And uh, let's see here. Um, uh, let's see. Damien, nice to have you back. And uh, we are all caught up so far. Bombshell Bomber, nice to see you. I know there's going to be a big flood in about an hour here because Jimmy Church is talking with Grant Cameron about uh, the Wilson documents. We'll have Grant Cameron on tomorrow night, so it should be a massive show here. And just like tonight will be W. David Page, nice to see you. But we're going to get things going here in about 30 seconds. Our store is open, so make sure you check out spacedoutradio.com and go check out our swag. We've got some really cool stuff there. And, of course, Lon's website is phantomsandmonsters.com, which literally gets tens of thousands of hits each month. So, uh, yeah, we're getting in for it really well here tonight. And thank you, everybody, for coming on in. We're going to have a great show here coming up momentarily. Oob to Joe's Main, you've got Lubla. And uh, five seconds here. Do me a favor, everybody. Get your horns up. Let's rock. Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Street Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. A power show coming right ahead with Lon Strickler from phantomsandmonsters.com. And of course, it is the month of the Mothman. Out in West Virginia, we'll get into all of that coming on up. Then in hour number three, the Swamp Dweller will take us on another spooky journey right across, oh, wherever we end up going. Yeah, wherever the Swamp Dweller takes us. Then, filling in for Tim Senor on the UFO report tonight, Nicole Sackich returns to Spaced Out Radio. I know many of you will be very excited about Nicole being back as she breaks down the latest news 
in the Oak Shannon world, and Shirky Poo will have the news. Our man, Lon Strickler, is back. He is a myth and a legend in his own right, as this guy literally has tracked monsters right around the world. Lon's website is phantomsandmonsters.com. That literally gets tens of thousands of hits from people just reading stories to those filling out their own reports of creatures that are said to be lurking among us, whether it's Bigfoot, Dogman, werewolves, ghosts, UFOs, aliens, or every gnome in between, Lon has a team of experts who are out there trying to bring some sense into the unsensible. Lon is also an accomplished author. You can find all of his books at fandomsandmonsters.com or on Amazon. Highly suggest you add those to your library. Lon Strickler, it is always a pleasure to have you back on Spaced Out Radio. How you doing, my friend? You're doing good. Thanks for having me, Dave. What's new? It's been a quick month since the last time you were on. I looked at the calendar. I thought it was only like two weeks ago, but there you are. Yeah, here you're back. It's been it's been quick. I you know I was kind of surprised too. Um, I mean I got a lot going on. So I mean you know it, it's a lot here, a lot there. Not only just with the website, the team, and stuff. Just a lot going on. But uh, no, it's uh, we've got a few reports we've had come in. I'm, I think I sent some to you, and uh, yeah, it's been some interesting stuff pop up here and there. Well, Lon, I got to fill you in on my last few weeks, my last few Saturdays. As you know, and you and I have talked about this before, I have a Sasquatch gifting site out in the forest that I set up mm-hmm. earlier this year, and there was three <clears> giant <throat> X's in a row in the trees. Well. We go back there four weeks ago, and it was my buddy Mike, my little guy, and myself. And, dude, we are seeing fairies flying through the trees. Little dots of light flashing in the trees all around us. All white. The weird part was they were all white. There was no blue, pink, yellow, orange, green, nothing. Just white. And we don't have lightning bugs here. And most of the bugs now, it's cold enough at night where we don't even see the bugs anymore. So fast forward a week, we start seeing UFOs there. We see a triangle form in the sky. We see another one that we thought was a satellite do a zigzag. Heard a few little tree branches breaking, but that could have been anything from moose to deer to bears to anything, go back two weeks ago, set up a fire there with some friends. You know, we're just chatting around. The only thing that was exciting that happened was we we had two streams of Starlink fly over, including one that we caught. We counted 54 of them. That was kind of cool. Last week, like just a few days ago, we go back there, Lon, and the minute we turned onto that logging road, it was like absolute freakiness. Freakiness. I'm driving. My buddy Mark is beside me. My partner is behind me, and my little guy is beside her. And the minute I turned onto our special road, Lon, I was seeing pareidolia of alien faces everywhere. Okay, alien grays. I would look in a tree with my headlights and I would see the shape with the eyes and I'd pull up to it thinking, oh crap, there is one. Pull up and it's a tree 
pull up to the next one. And this happened over and over <clears> again <throat> for about seven, eight kilometers, so about five miles to get to our site. My buddy Mark started feeling pressure in his head, was not feeling good. My partner absolutely felt sick to her stomach. We get to our spot. We're there for 40 minutes. I never stopped my vehicle, did not let my little guy out of the truck lawn. That's how bad the energy was. My buddy Mark, who, when we go into that area, we're always armed. My buddy Mark is our armed guard. And he literally got a telepathic message saying, if you bring this gun out, there's going to be hell to pay. Okay, pretty much, paraphrasing. And I'm telling you, there was something around us. We never saw it. But, man, could we cut the tension with a knife around there. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it, I do know what it felt like. And it was uncomfortable as anything. I've only ever felt that once, and that was probably in 2017, around this time of year, on, on a different mountain when I, I was uh, cutting down logs uh, for uh, for uh, firewood. I'm telling you, have you, have you ever experienced that? I haven't actually experienced that in particular, but I've heard a lot of stories very similar to that. Um, you know... Uh, these these locations, like your location where you do gifting, you see a lot of phenomena. Uh, there might have been an infiltration at that point, uh, non-terrestrial infiltration. I mean, you were seeing UFOs previous to that. Uh, maybe there was something dimensional coming in there. Maybe there's a portal there as well. I, I don't know. Maybe Maybe it could be a lot of anything, but... As far as, you know, you talked about Bigfoot and orbs. I mean, that's been pretty common more so in the last couple of years. We're hearing more and more about that from people. Uh, I, I think I sent you a, a, a an article about a, a gentleman who had orbs, who has seen orbs with a Sasquatch. And I think that was in B.C. Uh, yeah, this this is pretty common. And uh, it's not just out there. It's, it's in most places. So, um are we trying? Are we getting a signal? Or are we being shown something that we hadn't been shown before, or people just didn't report? I don't know. But uh, no, you you may have been you may have been experiencing some type of uh, some brief infiltration. You know, the energy can change pretty quick if you're sense enough to pick up on it. Yeah, but since all of you did, it must have been pretty strong. Oh, it, it was terrifying. Like Lon, none of us left within. 20 feet of the truck. Okay. And we're in an area where there's been a lot, a lot of logging around it. So we have about where we pull over. We have about 65, 70 feet to our right before we hit trees on our left. It's probably 120 feet ahead of us is a, is a, uh, a swamp with birch trees all around it. There's an opening right in between in that opening. There is Something about that opening drives me absolutely and my friends bonkers. Like, there is just weird, weird energy in that opening. And, you know, we know in that area there's a lot of wolves. There's a lot of bears. There's a lot of big moose. They used to uh, go through there and feed off the the bark of the uh, birch trees. 
Okay, uh, it's an active, active area. But this, you know, for all three of us to experience this, and then, Lon, when we pulled out of there 40 minutes later, all three of us felt that for the first couple miles out, we were being followed. Mm-hmm. You know, like you just can't race out of out of some of these logging roads. You got to go maybe tw- 10, 20 miles an hour. You know, you don't want to be popping tires at, at, at that time of night when, when weird stuff is happening. That's just out of a horror movie, you know. But uh, it was, gosh darn it, man. It was a, a strange, strange night that I haven't had in a long time, man. Yeah, you pro- there, there was probably an active portal there at that point. I'm not saying it's not there all the time. It very well could be, but at that point, it was pretty active. I, you know, I have heard that before. Uh, let me ask you: Did you hear any buzzing sounds? I did not. Uh, my buddy Timber Hunter, who's in the chat room, that's Little Marky Spender. He he was actually uh, with us that night, and um, I don't know. He was the one who got the telepathic message not to bring the gun out and mm-hmm. uh and you know i i didn't hear anything like it was just it was heavy heavy uh don't travel too far away because things will happen mm-hmm. you know and like i said i was seeing pareidolia in the trees i had my flashlight uh going right through uh, this set of trees and behind the trees, a few feet in, it looked like there was a gray standing there. I knew it wasn't a gray because the birch trees are all white with black on them, okay? And it just, to me, I was I was falling deeper and deeper into the pareidolia, which could be dangerous for all of us out there. You know, I mean, you don't want to be doing that. But, uh, um, oh, Mark says here... Lawn, he goes, my left ear, which is pretty much deaf, had buzzing, which is strange because I could only hear certain tones in that ear. So what does that mean? That's a portal. That that That's one of the first indications of a portal. Um, if someone's sense enough to pick up the buzzing sound, I don't necessarily think it's an audio thing. I think it's something's projected. Uh, but I've heard that many times. And I, when I'm talking about portals, I'm not talking ex- exclusively spirit portals or something like where entities, other entities or cryptids and such can move in and out. It, it usually happens with these all, all these forms of portals. Uh, but no, I have heard that. Con- I have heard it before when I've done cases. Uh, that's usually when I can tell a portal is at a location. Uh, but yeah, the buzzing sounds almost like a like a uh, a swarm of bees, and uh, yeah, you know that's uh, that that's probably what was going on. It was active. Uh, you know, the fact that you saw pareidolia that that may have actually been some projected visions that were being sent to you, like a warning. Yeah, uh, Mark says. Uh, sorry, should have mentioned it about the buzzing in his ear, but he never thought about it with all the rest going on. I mean, I'll t- let me tell you something about Mark, okay? There is mm-hmm. there is nobody on this earth that I feel safer with 
than my friend Mark in the forest. He's been an outdoorsman for a number of years. He's not the best-looking guy, Lon. In fact, he, he, you know, he's unattractive as as much as he is good in the forest. You know, and I know right now he's sitting on his camouflage recliner in just his underwear, eating a bowl of cheesies as we talk about this. You know, that's just the kind of guy he is. But I, I've never ever felt scared in the forest with him. Even the time in 2018 when we got chased out of the forest by two Sasquatch, I never feel afraid around Mark. I feel safe. I know my son is safe. I know we're coming home when Mark is Mm -hmm. with us. And, And my buddy Mike is like that as well. And Mark is the type of guy where he's been in the forest. You know, he... He's quite, you know, he's old. I think he's like 70 years old or something like that. And uh, no, I'm teasing him right now because I know he's listening while at work. Uh, but Mark, Mark's a couple years older than me, and he's been in the bush all his life. You know, whether it's been logging, whether it's been hunting, a hunting guide, an animal tracker uh, for wolves and, and coyotes and, and mountain lions uh, that are encroaching on city areas. He's the guy you call. So this is a guy who knows the forest. He's been face-to-face with black bears and grizzly bears and, you know, 1,800-pound moose. Nothing, you know, nothing uh, breaks him. He, You know, he's never too high or never too low, whereas me, I'm a spaz cat, man. I'm an absolute spaz cat. I'm like, I'm like Zach Baggins in the forest, like, ah, ah, you know. That's the kind of guy I am. But with Mark, you know, it, it's important to feel safe in nature. And when Mark is uncomfortable, I take real, real interest in that because it doesn't happen often. And we have to go back, Lon. We yeah. Ha- I mean, this is four. Oh, well, I would. This is four weeks in a row. We have yeah. to go back. Yeah, I, I would. Um, I, I would definitely take a recording device as far as a voice recording and document what's going on, what you see and such. Even if you have a camera or camcorder or something, take something along. But, um, you know, uh, you know, what you experience is pretty indicative of what I've heard. Uh, I, I don't think the Sasquatch, I don't think the Sasquatch like that kind of activity around them. To be honest with you. Um, you're the second person to say that to me today, Robin. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they do. Um, you know, even though some people think that there may be a connection between Sasquatch and UFOs and aliens and such, that may very well be. But when it's on their territory, I I don't think they like it. And uh, maybe they were being checked up on. You know, this is something else that this is something that may have some ties to it. Uh, you know the, these winged humanoids that we've been getting in and around Chicago. Yeah, they don't like the UFO activity around them either, and uh, it's almost like they feel like they're being chased down from what we've been we recollect from them. And uh, I think that may be the same case with with uh, with Sasquatch. Uh, you know, I I I believe that a lot of these these cryptids that we experience. May also have some uh, uh, some life on another dimension, have the ability to move in and out through portals or however they do it. 
Now, of course, in your area, I think for the most part, they are indigenous. And, you know, you see, you see family groups and such, and you see a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of evidence of them being there, especially with a gifting site or something to that effect. So, yeah, that's their property as far as they're concerned. And when these things come in, I don't think they like it. No. And, and you know what? Robin McRae, I don't know if you know her or not, but she mm. is very intuitive. And she she makes claims that that she actually can telepathically communicate with Sasquatch. She broke down everything to me this morning that you just said. Right. Yeah, everything. It, it's like... It's like hitting replay. Yeah, well, I'm intuitive, but I don't know how that, if I can communicate with those things. I don't normally communicate with cryptids or other beings. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of incidental contact in my case. Well, but, uh, yeah, I, I do hear, you know, this, this is something that I have been told and, in, in, you know, things that I pick up on. And I think, you know, I, I think there is a, an issue there. So, um Maybe there was just bad energy right there because of that. Well, it's funny because Robin had stated that she believes that it had something to do with the UFOs that we saw a couple weeks ago. And from what she's been hearing from other researchers is that people who are having Sasquatch encounters recently in those areas are starting to see more and more ufo activity and the fact that here i was literally seeing pareidolia of alien grays the entire drive up and i wasn't quiet about it mark heard about it my partner heard about it and you know i i'm very open about it you know i mean so do you think that would have anything to do with it oh i think so i mean ufo activity uh, you know, Bush would be going crazy because every I'll tell you, ever since this war in Ukraine started, there's uh, there's it's really increased. Now I don't know if it has anything to do with it. I've had people tell me they think it does. Some of the reports I've been getting out of uh, Ukraine and uh, in Romania in particular uh, are there are a lot of UFO activity, and we're getting more and more around the United States and North America. So, uh. Are they on high alert somehow? You know, it, it seems that they, they tend to turn up more and more when there's tension. Want an easy way to start saving and investing? All you need is Acorns and your spare change. Link a credit or debit card and Acorns will round up your purchases to the nearest dollar and invest the difference in an expert-built diversified portfolio. On average, Acorns users invest $166 in four months from just their spare change. And if you sign up today, you'll get a $10 bonus investment. To sign up and view disclosures, visit acorns.com slash Spotify. Your home says a lot about you. Give it Bear Dynasty interior paint. It's our most stain-repellent, scuff-resistant interior paint ever. Today, let's paint with Bear, America's most trusted paint brand. Ranked most trusted paint brand based on the 2022 Life Story Research Study. Uh, geopolitical tension, even war and such uh, on our planet. And uh, there may be something going on with that. So, uh, yeah, but I, I think what I told you is what's going on, that they 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 got into an area that they weren't welcomed and the... Um, you know, the energy was so high on both sides that you guys were feeling it. Well, you know, a couple more things, because we only have about two minutes here. Then we'll turn the quarter and get into Mothman, because the anniversary mm-hmm. was just last week. Uh, 
Mark here says, we did see eyes shining back from the trees and down the right-hand side of the road. I never saw the ones on the right side of the road. But the ones that were in the trees, we did see. I mean, they were higher up. They, mm-hmm. It wasn't at, you know, one set that I saw was, you know, you could say, okay, maybe that's a, a wolf or a coyote on the hill watching. You know, there was a little dirt knoll in front of the trees. Could have been something like that. But the ones that were higher up, like Mark was adamant when we parked. He's like, let's not go near this area uh, straight ahead of us, which was probably 150 feet. He's like, Let, let's not go there. There's something in there. We go over there, we're asking for trouble. And mm-hmm. uh, then he follows up by saying, the energy was not Sasquatch. This was very negative energy that made your stomach tight and uneasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt, I have felt that before. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily just because it's a non-terrestrial being or something invading or getting in some, in the Sasquatch space. But it's negative. It, it could even be spirit energy. Who knows? You know, it. it, it you know, it, you're talking about BC. I mean, there's just so much that goes on there. And uh, I mean, some of the stories I have gotten out of the province over the years are, are, are very interesting. And uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of makes you think twice. And um, I just think. I'm not saying you may have been fortunate to experience that, but in a way, I think you are because that's something that's not very, that's not usually, that's not usually experienced by people. I don't think as we got about 15 seconds here before we go to break, Lon, I don't think I would be remiss with Mark listening and even saying that, you know, a few days later, we're still feeling uncomfortable. You know, we're still feeling uh, a little bit tight in the stomach. And trust me, if you saw the size of Mark's stomach, you would say, yeah, that, there's nothing tight there. But nonetheless, we got to go back. We will do that next Saturday. When we come back from break, that's the word I was looking for. Lon Strickler will break down fandoms and monsters going to Mothman in West Virginia and Henry Cole next on Space Now Radio. All right, we're clear. Mark says, I've never had a voice say, leave the gun in the truck. If I remember right, it said, don't even think about bringing the gun out. <laughs> to me, that sounds like Dogman. It might have been. It could have been a lot of different things. You know, that's kind of the way, that's kind of the way they communicate. Um. Normally, Sasquatch, Saba, or whatever you want to call them, don't necessarily communicate in terms like that. Uh, I don't. I don't even think other non-terrestrial entities do that as well. Dogman, that that's a possibility. He's upright. These cryptic canines are. Uh, they do some pretty strange things sometimes. Yeah, it is very strange to me. Very, very strange to me. And uh, I just got to go back. There is no choice. Oh, yeah, I would definitely go back uh, and document, too, because um, I think you're going to find something you didn't expect to be there. 
Yeah. I'm just going to tell you that. Yeah, I think you will. High or low? Like physical being or maybe a sign? Evidence. Evidence of some type. Something will show up. Something will be there that wasn't there before. Okay. Uh, So let, let me ask you this. If we're parking straight... You know, the front of the truck being 12 o'clock, where are you feeling it? Two, three, two, three o'clock to the right. You fucker. I, I was hoping you would not say that. Because that two o'clock is right where that strange. Yeah, it's probably a Damn it, Lon. You made me mad well, there. <laughs> that's what I do. Mm. I pick up on stuff like this. I don't know how, but I do. It's funny because a, a couple of months ago, we actually walked back there. Just, uh-huh. It was like the feeling that something was going to jump out at any time. Mm-hmm. And yet all the footprints in the area, because very soft mud in there. Not soft, soft, but soft enough to cast a, a footprint. Mm-hmm. It was all deer cat, and uh, moose. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even a bear track in there. Hmm. Really? Yeah. See, that, that's, that might be another indication because uh, we're talking about just black bear? Yeah. Maybe grizzly? Uh, uh, tough to see a grizzly in that area, but I'm sure yeah. they're there. I, I, you know, bears seem to have a type of intuitiveness as well. They don't like getting near things that they don't know. <laughs> they they just like to stay away. People think they may be aggressive, but I don't, I, you know, I, the ones that I have, uh, that I have noticed and from what people have told me, hunters and trackers and such, they just seem, they just seem to have that little sixth sense more though than they would have instinctively. Uh, I, if there's an area that they're not sure about, they're going to stay the hell away from it. Well, you know what? We'll go check it out. Yeah. We'll have to go a little bit earlier. Uh, hi, George Hernandez, Travis DeLuca. Um, let's see here. Uh, Mark says, my thoughts exactly. It's in that area. Thurston Howell the Third, how are you? Cat Chaser, thank you so much for the super chat. Yeah, guys, don't forget to give us a thumbs up or thumbs down and hit subscribe. It really helps with our uh, algorithms and uh, our numbers on YouTube. So we'd greatly appreciate it if you could run those numbers up one way or another. Thank you so much. Hello, awesome and amazing Kira. How are you? CN, welcome to Spaced Out Radio. How you doing? Good to see you. And uh, thank you, Cat Chaser, Eddie, and Smithy for the awesome Super Chats. Very much appreciate the love and support that you guys give us on a nightly basis. It really helps out what we do. Scowling Greg O'Brien. Looking for a nice scowl tonight? Visit Greg O'Brien's Twitter handle. Yes, that's what you need to do. Damn it, Lon. I I didn't want to go into that area. I really didn't. Ah. Now I'm going to be squirreling all week, man. Well, I I, I would I, I would look in that direction and maybe see if you can pick up anything, but you know, yeah, we'll figure maybe, it out. Yeah, you know, 
we'll, yeah. we'll plan for that area. We got about ten seconds here before we're gonna get going. And sure. uh, all right, guys, sit back, relax. Here we go with the second half hour of the show right now. second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Lon Strickler from PhantomsAndMonsters.com is back as we do this little ditty near the end of each month called Strange Days, where we get into the who, what, where, when, why, and how of everything to do with monsters. Lon's website is phantomsandmonsters.com, and you can find all of his books on his website, or go to amazon.com, type in Lon Strickler, and you'll see the big length of books that would be perfect for your library on these subjects. Lon, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Dave. Another year, another Mothman Festival has come and gone. And I can say, Lon, out of all the the uh, conferences or whatever you want to call it, I want to go to this one. It just yeah. seems like a good time. The, the city uh, has has really, over the years and decades, embraced the uh, the fun of it all. And it's a real three-day festival celebrating this monster called the Mothman. You know, I mean, should we be really capitalizing off of this this creature that, you know, many people still blame for the collapse of the Silver Bridge? I don't see any problem with it. I mean, just so it doesn't change the vernacular, I mean... <laughs> And uh, sure, people still believe that this is a uh, this was a harbinger of doom. The reason why people died, or foretold these people dying on that bridge, and I don't know. You know, I I haven't been to the festival since I think the second one I was there, and uh, yeah, it's turned into it's turned into quite a big thing. It's everybody everybody in the county basically he celebrates it and uh, I know a couple people who live in Point Pleasant and uh, yeah that's big that's the big day and that's the big week of the year so um, yeah let them have their fun I mean you know it's a little town they're going to make some money off of it that's fine well let's talk about the Mothman here because it all seemed to start in Point Pleasant way back when in the 1960s we all know what happened there? A couple of young mm-hmm. kids getting chased out of the forest, and and I'll let you take that. Give us give us the uh, rundown, a little bit of history for people who may not know of it. Well, I, I, I guess the the nexus of this thing was um, 
when there were some young adults who had gone into the area, a parking area, uh, for hangout and other activities at the old West Virginia Ordnance Works, which people call the TNT plant. Uh, it's a little bit off the main drag. It's a, um, it's been there since, uh, I think, just before World War II. They make, used to make munitions there. And uh, for whatever reason, that day this thing showed up and basically threatened these people who were, um, who were hanging out. And uh, there were a couple more incidents at the location. And then this, this thing started to be seen in other areas around the town, even other areas in, in Mason County across the, the river into Ohio. And, uh, you know, of course, when in uh, December of uh, uh, 67, when the, uh, the Silver Bridge collapsed before Christmas and 46 people lost their lives, that's kind of when the whole big, you know, there, you know, of course, before that, uh, John Keel was down there and had been reporting on the sightings. But the uh, the bridge collapse kind of put the cherry on top. And uh, I believe, you know, you're being in a small town. You have 46 of your friends and neighbors who have died in a river from a bridge collapse. That's a shock. And uh, I, I think people were looking for excuses, looking for reasons as to why it actually happened. And, of course, people, some people were saying true or not, that they saw this winged being, this mothman, they were calling it, over the bridge that evening or before it happened. So that's when the whole harbinger of doom, portent of disaster thing started coming up. And uh, I, I honestly, I don't really believe that. Uh, I just think it was happenstance. Um they did find evidence that the bridge had some structural issues. But as far as warning folks about that, I don't know if the, I don't know if this being had anything to do with that or not. Now I have had stories and accounts from others where they have seen angels or winged beings before disasters. Uh, there was another incident in um and I don't have the exact location, but it was a mine at a mine uh, in West Virginia, and that pretty far south down into the um, more deeper into Appalachia. And uh, there was a train explosion, uh, a boiler train on the train blew up, killed several people. And there were some sightings of this thing uh, previous to that. And of course, you know, with the bridge collapse on the Mississippi up in Minneapolis years ago, there were people that said they saw it. People said they saw the, these winged beings at Fukushima before the um, the meltdown. And of course, uh, the the more the most famous out of all of them, other than the Point Pleasant Mothman, was the Blackbird of Chernobyl, where some of the town residents and some of the people working at the um, at the nuclear facility said they saw this this large black flying being uh, above the uh, reactor that, that had the, had the disaster. And, um, 
and that was documented as opposed to a lot of these other ones. The, there were reports coming out of there. Uh, and I, I think the Soviet government actually did look into that at some point, though I've never seen a report. Now, um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, if people talk about the, the, the actual nexus of, of the Mothman. I, I personally believe that the, the Mothman of Point Pleasant was a summoned being. And the reason I say that is from a little personal experience and from things I've heard from other investigators and people who have had uh, encounters. Um, at that TNT pant, there are, um, there are these domes where they used to store the, um, used to store the munitions, the dynamite and such. And there's been a lot of uh, strong spirit activity in that area. And uh, some of the, the EVPs and such, and some of the indications I have gotten from being down there, I've been down there several times. I tend to believe it's a, a very strong indigenous spirit from uh, the tribes that lived in that location. And look, that area down there, there had been a lot of warring between tribes and the, and the, the settlers for, for almost two centuries. And um, I think this strong indigenous spirit felt threatened by people coming on the property, namely these young teens and adults who were on the property. And I think it summoned this being. Where did it summon it from? Maybe it summoned it from the same dimension where these Chicago beings are coming from. I don't know. But I think it's a summoned being. And I still believe, I still believe it's in the location. There seems to be a big tie to this, whether it's the legend of Indrid Cold, extraterrestrials, mm -hmm. other cryptid creatures that uh, have uh, been seen around with this. You know, what is the tie-in? Is this all of us just trying to to put things together to to make sense or to continue the folklore? Of the Mothman, I think in some instances it does. Uh, I I have a friend who's a, a, a very well-read ufologist and has written several books. Uh, his name is Raymond Keller. He's uh, he's a retired professor at Univers University of West Virginia, and uh, <clears throat> he believes the Indrid Coal incident. With um, with Darren Berger and, and and does have a relation to the um, to the Mothman, even though it was many miles north of there. Uh, I, I'm not sure, but you know, during the, the period of time where these um, where these Mothman sightings were taking place, uh, there there were UFO, there was a lot of UFO activity. Um. And there was a lot of there was a lot of paranormal spiritual activity as well. Uh, and of course, later after it occurred, there were people who were claiming that they were seeing these men in black there as well. I mean, Keel wrote about that. Uh, in recent years, uh, from people, I, an individual I have on my team, and other people in the area, there's a, been a, a big uptick of upright canine activity as well. 
So that whole Mason County area is pretty ripe. I mean, it's got it's got a lot of weird stuff going on. And, uh, you know, the Mothman sightings do occasionally pop up yet in Mason County. What? All up and down the Ohio River. I've had sightings as far south and west t- to Cincinnati, you know. From Cincinnati to up to Wheeling, West Virginia, I've had sightings and reports. So um, that whole Ohio River Valley is, you know, it's pretty spooked. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on there. What is the legend of Indrid Cold? We we haven't talked about this subject in a long yeah. time on this show. But apparently, if you mention his name or if you bring energy to him, he may appear. Yeah, I mean, you know, from from the story that has been told by Woody Derenberger, who had the encounter, and his daughter, uh, who had actually met Indrid Cold and, and contends that he, he and his family used to show up at their home years, years later. Want an easy way to start saving and investing? All you need is Acorns and your spare change. Link a credit or debit card and Acorns will round up your purchases to the nearest dollar and invest the difference in an expert-built diversified portfolio. On average, Acorns users invest $166 in four months from just their spare change. And if you sign up today, you'll get a $10 bonus investment. To sign up and view disclosures, visit acorns.com slash Spotify. Listen, if you're tired of looking at your stock market portfolio today, make a change. I'm Dutch Mendenhall, CEO and co-founder of RadDiversified.com where your investments make money, build a legacy, and we protect America. Join our diverse real estate portfolio today, where our share value has more than doubled in less than three years and 11 straight profitable quarters. We continue to deliver day after day. Come see what makes us rad at raddiversified.com. That's raddiversified.com. Come see us. Later, until it went back to where it originally came from. Woody Derenberger was a salesman. He was near Parksburg, West Virginia. And uh, this craft, saucer-like craft, descended on the road in front of him. And this being came out of the craft and walked up to him. And the first thing he noticed was the grin, the worldwide grin that people call him the grinning man. And uh, they had a conversation, and uh, apparently they hit it off. And, uh, you know, you hear, you've heard different stories. I mean, you know, I, I think, I think the, whole, the actual story itself has been kind of, uh, kind of embellished at some point. But uh, apparently this was a, a long-time relationship between Darren Berger, his family, and Indra Cole's family. And, and, and in fact... There's another individual, another so-called alien being that became part of this group as well, uh, according to Darren Berger's daughter. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know how true that is. I mean, she wrote a book about it. So um, I, I don't know. But, I, you know, there was an incident that I was involved with. Now, I was involved. I looked into one an individual who I have worked with who lives in Queens, New York. His, um, he had a friend who lived up in um, upstate New York, 
and uh, she had an encounter with a Mothman up there, up in the Anirondacks. And uh, when she saw this being and got on the phone with this, this individual to tell him about it, she received a phone call. And I'm called waiting. And she looked and she answered it. And the person on the other end of the line said, do not report what you saw and hung up. And the caller ID came up, entered cold. Um, so, of course, he was on the horn with me right away. Uh, I don't know what the hell happened. He went up there later and did the investigation. He, he said that the house itself had a lot of activity. But the fact that, and she never heard it in her cold before, and she she spelled it out to him what it said. And, of course, he recognized the name and, and then called me. I called Ray Keller to ask him about it. Ray t- told me, at this point blank, but he told me, he said, I think the government is involved with it somehow. He said, the whole injured cold situation, I still think is some type of government-involved uh, incident. Uh, it may very well be. And, of course, I asked him, I said, would you think injured cold still around? It could be. He said they may be using his name as a code or something, but he said, the fact that something reckon, knew that this thing had shown up at her house, in front of her house, and she'd seen it and then contacted her. It's almost like a Men in Black scenario. So, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe Entered Cold and the Men in Black are one the same. Maybe they're the same type of beings. But that happened about two years ago, and I wrote about it. Why do you think, or let me ask you this. Let me change this. Do you think Indrid Cold is still alive? Yeah. Now, where he is, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where he is, but I, I think he's still alive. Okay, so for people who may not be familiar with who or what Indrid Cold is, could you define, is he alien, is he human, is he a mixture of both? See, that's that's the question. Nobody really knows. Darren Berger seemed to think he was an alien being. Uh, he, like I said, that, that wide grin that he had was kind of uh, inhuman. I mean, it, you know, uh, his daughter said that she didn't really think he used that wide grin a lot or it showed up a lot. Maybe he had, had the ability to change himself the way he looked to the kids or to somebody else. I, I don't know. I personally think he was probably a mixture. You know, I, I didn't really know what to make of Andrew Cole until this incident up in New York occurred. Now I'm starting to think that maybe Indrid Cole came from the same line as the men in black, which I think are, are truly alien. Um, I don't think they're anything to do with the government. Maybe there's some type of hybrid but I don't think the government has anything to do with the men in black. Now, I had a lot of people disagree with that. Um, but I don't think they're a government agency or a government entity. I, I think they're kind of the cleanup crew for the extraterrestrials. When somebody sees an entity or somebody sees a, a UFO, and then a couple minutes later these guys show up at your door without a report, that's pretty strange. So uh, yeah, I think they're. 
I think they're the cleanup crew. Okay, so the fact, though, that Indrid Cold seems to pop up everywhere. He popped up in the series of Hellier. He popped up in West uh, Virginia for Mothman. He's popped up a lot in the writings of Alan Steinberg or Alan Steinbeck uh, in the uh, what's the book? The Secret Cipher of the UFO Knots. Mm-hmm. Alan Greenfield, pardon me, Alan Greenfield. Yeah, Alan Greenfield. You know, uh, you know. I mean, where, where, or how does he keep popping up? I don't know. You know, look at the men in black, how they pop up. Maybe he has the same abilities. Maybe he's one the same. I think there may be something to that. I mean, that's something I may take time at some point to look into. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of strange evidence pointing that way uh, to where people see his name or get phone calls and hear all kinds of strange voices and such and tell them not to report this, this and that. And, and people in, of course, the men in black or what people say are the men in black show up and warn them not in, in pretty, pretty intense warning that not to disclose what they have saw or what they experienced. Uh, I think there, there's a very good likelihood that they very well may be the same thing. Do you believe it's malevolent? I think it could be. I, I I don't think they really want to shake the trees too much. Um, I think they try to keep it as quiet as possible. I think, you know, from what I understand with the Derenberger's experience with, with him, that uh, uh, it was a very, very good relationship. Uh, there was no malevolency involved there. And now it, it got to a point where something was going to be disclosed or somebody felt threatened, I guess they very well could, but I haven't really seen any evidence of that. What do we make of it? Do you think Indrid Cold or it would be something or someone who is immortal? Oh, I don't know. That's possible, I guess. I, I really don't know. I, I don't know. Um, Tanya Derenberger has said that they seem to have a lot of mortal aspects to them. Uh, they do get sick. Uh, some of them do die. Somebody mentioned in, in the chat that um, that Tanya said that that Indrid had died and that, her ch- that his children did tell her that they did. That's what she reports. So... You know, is he dead? I don't know. Hmm. We've got two minutes to go before we got to go to break. At the top of the hour, Lon Strickler's Strange Days happens on Spaced Out Radio near the end of each month. Lon, as we wrap up this portion of Mothman and Indrid Cold, do you see a point or has Indrid Cold jumped into the conversation with the sightings of Mothman in the Chicago area? No, we haven't had any indication that of that name. Now we have had some strange humanoid sightings that may or may not be related to these winged beings that are being seen. Uh, but there have been a few incidents that they very well could be. Uh, we've had some uh, 
we've had some UFO activity. We've had some at least one apparent humanoid being ascended into one of these things that was seen by a witness. We've had some gray activity. Uh, but there's been other type of innocuous humanoid activity, especially in the um, the greenways and forest preserves in and around Chicago. Um, you know, this this is just one of another facet of this whole investigation that we have to take in consideration because every once in a while something will pop up uh, where a witness will say, well, I saw a humanoid, I don't know what it was, didn't have wings, or do you think it's related? No, maybe. Uh, but it has happened. So uh, if it's... Um, if it's related, I hope we can get some evidence of it. Uh, but, you know, at the point right now, we're just, you know, we're still collecting evidence after all these years. Uh, I am not going to come right out and, and say what is going on or what I think is going on because I really don't know. All I can say is what we're getting, what people are seeing, uh, what little tidbits that we're, we're receiving from other directions and report that and let people think what they may. Lon Strickler's Strange Days continues with Hour 2. Right after this, we'll get into some monster talk, as we always do with Lon on Spaced Out Radio. Stay tuned. All right, Lon, we are clear. I'm going to send you back to uh, the green room here for a couple of minutes. I'm going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back after this, guys. Stay tuned.
right. Let's say hello to Lon again. She's got about just a minute to go here. Let's say hello to everyone coming on in. The Apocalypse 22, welcome to SOR Chat. And James Fadekey, how you doing, man? And Jessica S., nice to see you. Who else has dropped on in here? Logan L., nice to have you back. Evan Walters, nice to see you. Road Dog, welcome to SOR Chat. And Christopher Douglas, welcome to SOR Chat. And, of course, if you guys have any questions... For Lon, this is the hour to do it. Type them in capital letters, and I will ask Lon the questions for you. And uh, we got a lot of good stuff coming up and up here. Lars Janssen, number 16 in your program, number one in your hearts. How you doing, buddy? Vaughn Patrick, nice to see you. Jamie Johnson, good to have you back. Linda Jacques, here we go. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. How y'all doing out there? My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America. And digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Hebephrania. Hebephrania is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night. Right here on Spaced Out Radio. Website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go, hour number two, with our good friend Lon Strickler, who comes in near the end of each month with... Strange Days. Lon is a Fortean researcher. He's been doing this for well over the last 20, 30 years. He's got a collection of books that you can get on Amazon or his website, phantomsandmonsters.com. Lon, welcome back. Always a pleasure, David. Always a pleasure to have you here as well. Now, we're getting into the Halloween season here pretty quickly here, Lon. And, you know, more and more people are going to start reporting ghosts and and any type of humanoid type beings and spirits you know how do you prepare for this time for the encounters that people are going to be uh, crushing you with i you know it's it's interesting i'm not a halloween guy first of all you know i was born on the 20th of october so i'm a scorpio i was born around halloween i should be how Halloween groupy, but I'm not, and uh, it's not not really been something I've been much into. That being said, I am very aware of people experiencing things in the time in that time, and I have to be very vigilant about things I get because people tend to get into the spirit of the the season and kind of uh, exaggerate sometimes. 
but every once in a while, we'll get a real good one come in. What are some of your more memorable uh, ghost stories that you have been told over the years? Oh, God. You know, I don't know. Um, I, you know, I, 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 I guess the best ones I can recall are the ones I've investigated where uh, people have had, and it's not necessarily ghost. You know, I just don't, I, I don't really investigate ghosts or apparitions and such. I, I investigate and work on those situations where somebody has had issues as a result of it. Want an easy way to start saving and investing? All you need is acorns and your spare change. Link a credit or debit card and Acorns will round up your purchases to the nearest dollar and invest the difference in an expert-built diversified portfolio. On average, Acorns users invest $166 in four months from just their spare change. And if you sign up today, you'll get a $10 bonus investment. To sign up and view disclosures, visit acorns.com slash Spotify. You know, there's no better way to get in a bad mood than to look at your stock portfolio right now. I mean, the way the market's been plummeting, it's hard to remember what it looked like when your portfolio was actually growing. Maybe you toyed with the idea of doing real estate investments since it's so much more dependable, but the idea of trying to flip houses and sign deeds and deal with tenants sounds like a nightmare. Fortunately, you have another option. Visit raddiversified.com today. Rad Diversified does all the real estate legwork for you. They know the ins and outs of residential real estate and handle all the details while you simply watch your investment grow. In fact, over the past three years, while everything's been going down, Rad Diversified raised their stock price by 108.6%, with just a $1,000 minimum investment, you can get started on your new upward trend. Visit them at raddiversified.com and see what other investors are saying. They've helped thousands of people make millions of dollars. This could change your life. Visit raddiversified.com. That's R-A-D-diversified.com. But that being said again, uh, when the spirits are on this plane and are earthbound, they try to get people's attention. And when they do that, um, they cause some issues. Um, they scare people. They show up to a degree. Uh, sometimes they have enough energy to show themselves to a degree. And that's when people call us. Now, I, I tend to get the more malevolent cases or those cases that are causing other issues, um, even attachments, uh, obsessions, not really uh, possession, because when it gets to possession level, I turn that over to somebody else because I don't, I don't really delve into all that. Uh, you know, if people want to use the the Catholic rites or whatever, or their deliverance of choice, then that, that I refer them to that. I don't necessarily do that. I, I can help move uh, energies out of the earth plane into another level. I can help facilitate that, but. Um, but no, you know, as far as ghost stories, you know, I've had my own ghost experiences, very few, but I've had them. And, uh, you know, I I have been made aware of some 
some specters that have just scared the living crap out of people. Um, but it's usually uh, it's usually a um, a type of uh, repeat vapor, repeat specter, uh, residual being. Uh, very few of these are um, are intelligent or of um, to have an energy that makes them do things on their own. Um, when you get on that level, then you're getting on close to attachments and, and real, real activity. Even, even a poltergeist may even exhibit that, even though that's not really a spirit. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I can't really pinpoint one, but I, you know, I, I've heard so many of them. It's just, it kind of runs together. You know, if I had to go to the website and pick a few out, I could do that. But uh, no, the cases that are the, the, the situations that are fresh in my mind are those that I have actually worked on. Do you notice a difference at this time of year? Because so many people out there, Lon, and I'm saying this as I don't buy it. Okay, but so many people this year, with the popularity of Halloween coming up here within a month, you know, claim that. The veil, get, the veil gets thinner and more spirits are coming around and places that weren't haunted are now haunted. I mean, I just don't buy it. Yeah, I don't buy that either. Um, you know, this time of year in particular, though year-round with people who delve into paranormal investigations, they get into situations where they really shouldn't be. Uh, you know, going out into a cemetery and summoning spirits, it's just not a smart thing to do. You see, now my black cat comes up. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, and those are, those are the people that we end up having to work on, work with, uh, who get, uh, who get attachments and have, um, and bring things back to their location, their homes, um, and I think it happens to a lot of people. You know, people get into the spirit of Halloween, think they can go out and with a Ouija board, go out and sit in the graveyard somewhere and start summoning things. And, yeah, that's where problems start. And they make it a good scare. But many times that scare isn't really worth it because it's something that's going to last for a long time. Do you believe in the hitchhiker effect? that people could go to locations and bring something home with them? Yeah, I think it happens. I think it happens. It, 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 spirit has got enough energy, I think it, it happens. It's usually an entity or an energy that was um, part of a, uh, a violent demise, either a car wreck or, a, a, you know, someone who was killed or rape to death or something to that effect. Yeah, I think, um, is it PTSD of the, of the, uh, of the spirits? I, I guess it could be that, but it, it does seem to, um, leave an imprint at a, a location where it occurred at, uh, you know, you hear, you said hitchhikers, you hear a lot of these stories where people are driving down the road. They pick somebody up, looks a little strange, but you pick them up anyway. 
and they're sitting in the back seat. They're talking to him, and then the, suddenly this entity disappears. Happens all the time. I'll tell you one thing: it happens in Maine a lot. I don't know what it is about Maine, but it happens in Maine a lot. Uh, I don't know what it is up in Maine, but uh, maybe it's Steve, the Stephen King effect. I don't know, but um, I, I, I think that people can pick up attachments, hitchhikers pick up things that stick to them uh, if if they're willing and um, they invite them. Yeah, and it usually causes a problem. You know, you mentioned something there, and I've seen it already mentioned in the chat room tonight about PTSD. Mm-hmm. You know, when we think of PTSD, we think of, you know, soldiers. We think of firefighters. We think of... Uh, you know, police officers, paramedics, anybody who uh, can, you know, who sees trauma on a daily basis. Yet, yet we don't really take into account the idea, Lon, that people who have these amazing encounters with spirits, with cryptids, with UFOs and aliens, that there is some sort of of PTSD that could go along with that. Do you think in the paranormal world, using the paranormal term as an umbrella, that we are underplaying the experience and the trauma that is actually caused by it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'm a, PS, a PTSD victim from a uh, from an attack I had back in 96. They put me in the hospital. I've had panic attacks and anxiety because of it. I'm, I'm actually just starting therapy because of it. Um, and I'm not afraid to come out and say that. I have, uh, but as far as people experiencing PTSD in the spirit world, absolutely. And I have seen it. I have seen it literally change people's lives. And uh, that where it got to such a point where it brought on disease and uh, affected the way they lived and the, affected the way they died. Because I know people who have died because of su- suffering PTSD as a result of a violent haunting. It happens. How do we deal with that? Well, you know, I dealt with it for a long time personally. I have referred people in the past to get therapy. Uh, I am just starting therapy. We're going to see. I guess I can report to you later on and tell you if it worked. Um, but um, I, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to alleviate that in my own life. But I know people suffer from it. And I know people who have had therapy and have uh, had changed. I've also dealt with people who have had trauma because of a... Uh, an attachment who I have helped, who I have helped alleviate the attachment and counseled them. Cause when I do these type of things, I counsel for maybe years and I've seen many of these people get their life back in order. What would cause say a paranormal event to, to bring PTSD uh, to to a person, would it be attacks? Um, 
physical attacks. Um, I had a case up in Prince Edward Island where a woman was um, was mistreated by her father, sexually assaulted. Uh, if that wasn't bad enough, when he passed away, he did it in spirit as well. And we were called in to alleviate that. And as far as I know, she's doing pretty well. In fact, I know she, I know she's gotten married and had kids. So, um, yeah, it, it, a lot of it's physical. It can be it can be emotional as well. It can be taxing on people. Um, you know, they can be fearful. They can be scared of their own skin, as the saying goes. Um, but it is it's horrible. It really is horrible. And like I said, I, I've I've seen it firsthand. And uh, you know, I've been doing this now. Well, I've been involved with the paranormal for almost forty five years, but. As far as working with people in the past 25, 30 years, and that includes alien abductions and alien encounters and and such, yeah. PTSD is absolutely a real thing. Is there a difference between, say, somebody who has uh, PTSD over a paranormal encounter compared to, say, someone who is being taken by aliens or comes face-to-face with a dogman or Sasquatch? I, uh, from what I have seen, the effects are very similar. Uh, yeah, it's very similar. I mean, PTSD, it, it can come in various degrees. It can lead to various maladies. But, um, you know, I can have people, I can have five or six people standing in front of me who suffer from it from different, from different situations. And a lot of times it'll just tell me the same results. Uh, it, it usually it, it usually is very similar. How do you deal with PTSD when it comes to these subjects? I can understand how a counselor can, you know, take a, a, a an emergency worker or a soldier, you know, who's been in the battlefield and and has been really, uh, you know, traumatized by what they have seen. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I get that. But I mean, how do you, how do you deal with somebody who is traumatized because once every couple of weeks they are being taken by aliens? I mean, for a lot of uh, of health professionals, they're going to say this person needs psychiatric help, not the help of someone who believes in aliens. Um, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's bad enough, I will suggest that they do talk to someone though. They're normally not going to do that because they're fearful that someone would just, I mean, the professional will think they're crazy for whatever reason, uh, that they're delusional, you know, schizophrenic. And I, I've had, I've had people who I've worked with who have gone to, to, um, professionals and have been told that and that's why i don't normally recommend it but if it's that bad yeah they should do it i I think they should and um you know in my case with the attack i had and the subsequent problems i suffered i was also doing 
cases with people and I was hearing all this stuff. It's accumulative. Uh, I've been psychically attacked physically in the past as well. You know, I tell my therapist all this stuff and it's like, you know, you know, they're, they're just, they're kind of astounded by what goes on. And, uh, but you know, the stress level when you're doing is it does, it doesn't manifest and it does increase. I have, um, I have kind of learned to alleviate a lot of stress in a lot of different ways. But, um, you know, I, I do take what I do seriously. I do like helping people. I do have empathy for people. But um, I try not to let it affect me for the most part. But in more recent times, it, it has caused a little issue. So I figured it was time to get it taken care of. Right. You know, in your situation, as you've gone through this personally, I, I don't know. Do you feel comfortable in sharing what happened to you? Sure. I was, uh, well, back in 96. Yes. Yeah, I was, um, I was at work. I was a supervisor. I had an individual who was upset with me. Uh, I was involved as a, I was a union shop steward at the time, but I was, actually becoming a uh, I was training to become a um, a uh, a district representative for the international but anyway I was at work and this individual who was working under me got upset with something I asked them to do and they blindsided me oh, and they uh, I mean they literally took some type of object and cracked me in the back of the head. And uh, when I woke up, I was in the hospital. And I was in the hospital for a couple of days. And um, I didn't really think much about it. I mean, I had a severe concussion as well. I didn't really think much about it until about two years later when I started experiencing panic attacks while driving. You know, I would be out on the road, and I used to do a lot of traveling. You know, I would drive to Cleveland, back to Baltimore, from Baltimore up to Connecticut, back and forth, you know, servicing local unions and, and doing other work for the union. And because uh, this was just after I, you know, after I had that attack, I, I went ahead and went on disability because of a back injury I had. I was already in the process of going through disability. But, uh, yeah, I, I was, you know, so... Uh, I started suffering the panic attacks and I've lived with these panic attacks now for almost 24 years. Uh, it has limited to me from driving to a lot of places. It's one of the major reasons why I don't show up for conferences and such because I am just mentally unable to do that. I mean, as far as speaking and things, that's no problem. It's a matter of just getting out there and going to the location. And that's something that I'm trying now to change. Well, good for you, and keep up the strength in uh, in figuring that out. Because I think you would be very, very necessary on the conference circuit, my friend. Very necessary. Well, I appreciate that. We have 90 seconds to go here before we go to break here. At the bottom of the hour, we're talking PTSD 
within the paranormal community. You mentioned you don't really see a difference between someone who has PTSD from a haunting experience compared to a UFO or a alien or cryptid experience. I'm actually surprised that it's not different considering the length of trauma, especially those who are being abducted. Yeah, you know, I don't know if, it, if it's the reason why they're abducted that they're picked up for some reason. You know, a lot of times it's generational. But I, I think people who are picked to be abducted are made of a, a bit more, I don't know, puts buzz compared to a lot of other people. I, I think, uh, though, there there are times when they're, it's really traumatic and it causes issues. But I think a lot of people who have been abducted realize it and and just it, they just don't let it bother them um i've been abducted it never really phased me so far now it was just the one incident that i can remember but uh you know it was nothing it was nothing traumatic it was just i was picked up by three tall tall uh graves you have been. I've had experience and I've had uh, encounters with before. Who took me to a location where I don't know where it was? They showed me a few things, communicated with me, and then brought me back. Well, on that note, we'll talk about a little bit of aliens, a little bit of monsters, and a little bit of Lon Strickler when we return. The second half of Space Out Radio. We have Lon until the top of the hour. Then our man Swamp Weller comes in for another spooky story. We'll be back with more Spaced Out Radio right after this. Rock and roll, my friend. Rock and roll. It's good times. Good times. Whatever. You know me, I'm not really afraid to talk about anything. I know. I know, but I, I still have to make sure. Yeah, what, what I understand. Ha- whatever happened to that dude who cracked you? He went to jail. Yeah, he went to prison. I I filed a complaint against him, and uh, he good. was found guilty and went to prison. Oh, good. Good. He had issues before. That was back when they had the three strikes and you're screwed thing and uh, right. that was his third strike so he's been in there I, from what I understand he's still in but I think there are other things involved too with him so you know I used to work for a company that used to hire a lot of convicts they, they got um, uh, they got some type of deal with the, the state where they would um, be compensated in they went to a program where people would get out of prison and part of their rehabilitation had to get work. And we ended up working with them. I worked for a uh, paper recycling plant. Uh, it was a challenge. It really was because there was a lot of drugs, uh, a lot of, a lot of assaults, a lot of people bringing weapons to work. And, uh, I put up with that for over 20 years and, you know, when I was able to get out by whatever means I did, I did. 
Mm-hmm. Now is the time to reevaluate and diversify your investments. My name is Dutch Mendenhall, CEO and co-founder of RadDiversified.com. With our time-tested and proven acquisition strategy, I'm confident your investments will make money, build a legacy, and protect America. We're built to thrive in any market condition. We find the investments, manage the properties, and you get the rewards. We're trusted by thousands of investors who have earned millions of dollars. Come see what makes us rad at RadDiversified.com. That's RadDiversified.com. Come see us. Listen, if you're tired of looking at your stock market portfolio today, make a change. I'm Dutch Mendenhall, CEO and co-founder of RadDiversified.com, where your investments make money, build a legacy, and we protect America. Join our diverse real estate portfolio today, where our share value has more than doubled in less than three years and 11 straight profitable quarters. We continue to deliver day after day. Come see what makes us rad at RadDiversified.com. That's RadDiversified.com. Come see us. That's just eerie. Yeah, it's 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 it was a bad situation, but I, I consider myself lucky. You know, this guy could have been on a tangent at some point, pulled a gun out and popped in the back of the head. You know, I would have never known, or nobody would have ever known. Sorry, I'm just getting our news ready. All right. All right, got my news ready. Let's go here. Who else has showed up here? Michael Gutierrez, LGG, good to see you guys. Got a few questions to start off the next half hour. All right, I want to say thank you to Cat Chaser, Eddie and Smithy for the awesome super chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love and support. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. Thank you to everybody who's hit 
thumbs up, thumbs down if you haven't already. And everybody who's hit that new subscriber button, very much appreciate it because we are here seven days a week for your listening ears. And uh, we're going to get going here. Don't forget, you can get any SOR swag by going to our website, spacedoutradio.com. So check it on out. we got great swag. Fantastic. Go check it on out if you haven't already. And we got lawn until the top of the hour. Here we go. Let's do it. earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with Lon Strickler. Phantomsandmonsters.com is his website. You can find all of his personal writings and books on Amazon or on his website. And Lon comes in here near the end of each month for Strange Days, and we're going to get to some audience questions right off the bat here, Lon. Uh, Let's go to Raz here, who says... The average distance between both eyes for each species of Sasquatch, does it have any relevance to the creatures? You know, I've never heard that brought up before. I, I don't know. Um, I think for the most part, when people look at pictures of, of Bigfoot or those that can be deemed as actual real photographs or really good sketches there does seem to be quite a variety of uh distance between the eyes uh, i don't know why but it does i guess it's just like any human species or human uh human species human race uh there are changes so is there are there races of bigfoot yeah, it could be but as far as any differences as far as aspects of what they do or how they live i don't know all right, let's get to another question here. And this one comes from Adam. Can UFOs cloak as modern airplanes? I guess they could. Um, I mean, actually disguising themselves as modern airplanes. Yeah, I guess it's very possible. Um, you know that I I can't think of offhand where there's an incident where people have thought that it occurred, but I guess it's possible. Let's move on. Raz again. Is it possible to mentally block someone's abduction one hundred percent of the time? Oh, I think I think people the brain 
can suppress a lot of what happens to them. Um, I, ru- I, talk, I run into a lot of people who have had encounters or abductions who don't remember until 20, 30 years or more. Uh, you know, the brain's a wonderful thing. The human brain or any species brain can do a lot of things. But humans, I mean, you know, we I think we do have the ability to suppress um, things that we don't want to remember. Now, as far as all the time, I don't know. I'm quite sure there are people out there who have been abducted who have no idea they have been. All right, well, let's go to another question. YJ would like to know, Lon, what's the most common reported experience? Of course, hauntings. We get a lot of hauntings, people who believe they are being haunted. Uh, One thing we have been getting a lot more as time is going on are glitches. Uh, People call glitches in the Matrix, things that happen that shouldn't happen things that are seen that shouldn't be seen, uh, time slippage, things like that. That happens a fair amount of time. Um, as far as cryptids go, of course, Bigfoot is probably the most common. Um, the human, the, the crawler humanoids are, they're getting a lot of those as well. You know, I, it, it's kind of hard to determine what I got more of or get more of. Uh, I get a lot of different stuff. But, um, you know, since I'm mainly known more for cryptids, I, I tend to get more cryptid sightings. Do you look at the fact that, you know, you are more cryptid, you get more cryptid sightings, but do you get the idea that that more and more the energy of each phenomena is coming together? Oh, I think there's a very fine line between all aspects of the paranormal and the supernatural. Uh, You know, you were talking about people having a Bigfoot encounter and you having Bigfoot encounters and orbs, UFOs. I I think there's a very good possibility there are connections. Um, We see it more and more. So uh, are the connections a mutual connection? Probably not. Things tend to uh, gravitate to each other. Uh, But we do see a lot of phenomena. Say you get into a case and somebody reports a Bigfoot sighting or a dogman sighting or encounter. But then there's many times there's an underlying part of that that the witness didn't believe was really important, but we tend to have ability to tease that out of them, like a haunting or a, uh, something else that had happened. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I, that's right. And I tell people who ask me about investigating or re- researching, look, when you get a case, you know, dig into it, be open-minded about it. Uh, it's like an onion. There are different, um, layers. And, uh, if you listen to the individual and it seems like there is an underlying issue, ask them about it. You may be surprised. Always good advice from Juan Strickler. Let's go to another question here 
from our audience here. James is wondering, Vaughn, have you had any reports of horned owls with silver belly feathers and a black dot pattern on the belly been taken at all? I know you get a lot of flying humanoid creatures. We do get some owl reports. Um, I don't know if people remember, I had some issues with owls. The year my wife passed, I was having encounters with owls, a lot of different owls, not necessarily horned owls. It was a lot of different owls. I've talked to people who have had encounters with owls. Uh, Mike Cleland has been taught, has written and discussed his encounters with owls. He believes that the, they're associated with um, alien beings or non-terrestrial beings. I believe he's right about that. I think it had a lot to do with what I experienced at, during that year. Um, but as far as specifically with a silver belly and black dot pattern, I don't know. I, I, I really can't say that anybody has, or I remember anybody saying that. Okay, let's continue on here. Blue Cruz is wondering, does the eye color of a Sasquatch, Dogman, etc., denote an emotional state of mind? You know, it may. Um... I've had, you know, most most Bigfoot encounters, when they talk about eye color, it's usually dark. But there have been red. Maybe it's something to do with fear or anger. Uh, I have occasionally heard of um, of yellow-like eyes, like most times you see with a cryptic canine, uh, the golden yellow eyes. Uh, you know, you look at the uh, you look at the Mothman or the winged humanoids that we've been involved with. Most of this, the eye color that's denote, donated, excuse me, denoted is um, is red. Uh, but I have had green, I have had blue, and I've had just black eyes. Is it anything to do with emotion? How they're feeling? Or even species, I don't know. I guess very it could very well be though. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. We got a couple more for you here, Lon. Vaughn is asking, Lon, do any humans choose out of their free will to go with their abductors only never to be seen again? Good question. Well, that's kind of hard to say because if they're never seen again, I don't know if we know. Uh, I, I, I know of people who haven't been abducted who never were seen again or supposedly never seen again. Um, you know, I have, and this is something that I will never understand. I have talked to people who have told me that they wish they could experience an alien abduction, that they thought it would be interesting. Well, you know, that's the way they think, fine. I, I guess they would go free will. Uh, if they don't come back, well, that's the way it is. But uh, I, I guess it has happened. Uh, you know, another interesting thing with uh, with some of the encounters that people describe, and more recent in the past 20 years or so, when... Um, when someone has been a doctor or experiencer in their inner location where these alien beings are congregated or where they show up at a location, 
there seem to be several different types, um, grays, reptilians, humans, maybe uh, hybrid types, sometimes insectoids. But more and more we get, we get uh, descriptions of actual humans being involved with the abduction scenario. Are they recruited? Do they volunteer? Do they become part of the uh, the program? I, I guess it's very possible. I think it's an interesting question because the people that you have reported on, mm-hmm. were they prior abductees before disappearing for good? You know... I would say close to 100% of those people that I know who were abducted and didn't return had never reported a prior abduction or didn't know about it, but never reported it. That I can say. Hmm. I always worry about that. Because, I mean, think about it. Like, if you're having a pretty crappy life on this this side and some aliens come Mm -hmm. up to you and say, hey, would you like a fresh start? Come with us. Be pretty hard. Probably beats suicide. You you know? Yeah. Yeah. Beats a lot of things. And, and, And I always wonder, you know, how many of these people have gone voluntarily? How many of these people have, you know, been taken against their will. We yeah. Don't, we don't I mean, it, I, I believe it's very possible. Uh, like I said before, I know people who would willingly go. And with their mindset, I think, and uh, in, in some cases, the way they live, I think that they may see uh, an advantage to stick sticking around with them. So uh, I guess it's very possible. Yeah, see, I don't know if I could make that decision. No, I don't. I know I couldn't. You know, I really don't. Like on one hand, it'd be like, okay, I got to try this out. Let's go for a ride. But I, I need some assurances here. I need to fly the ship. You know, there, it's got to. There's got to be a Taco Bell on board. <laughs> okay, and a Tim yeah. Hort- and a Tim Hortons. Okay, shameless plugs for both. And, you know, there's got to be, you know, we can't be running out of hot water in the shower. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't have that. Like, I have a list of demands here that if if, if I'm going to go for good, well, we need to make sure that we get something on paper here. But on, mm-hmm. the, flip, but on the flip side, you know, I think, okay, it would suck not seeing my family again. You know, I mean, do you get to see them like, like on television cameras? You know, you know, or like, can you? If you can't come back, where do you go? And that would, that one, I think, would hit me. But I'm sure there's people out there that have made that decision, Lon. Hmm. Yeah, I think they have. All right, let's continue on with some questions here. Tony over in the UK is asking, have orbs or spheres been seen in connection with spirits or entities? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, spirit energy can manifest into words at some point, in, at some at sometimes. Um, I, I have been, I have talked to people who have been involved with hauntings, uh, who have been haunted or had activity at home, who have said they see a lot of words of varying sizes and colors and degrees and, you know, characteristics. So, yeah, I, I think, I, I think it does. Um, you know, when we're talking about orb activity around cryptids, Bigfoot, I think the spirits, the energies of the woods may be involved with that. They may have a, they may have a communion with these beings. <clears throat> they may be protectors. Well, we'll see. We will see. All right, let's continue on here, Lon. Raz is asking, I'm very confident the shape-shifting non-humans are living with us. What's your opinion, Lon? Yeah, I think there are. I don't know if they're necessarily shape-shifting, and, uh, but I, I don't think every, every supposed human being on our planet is fully human. They may look human. Uh, yeah, maybe they can shapeshift. I don't know. Maybe that's the way they look. Uh, maybe humans. Maybe humans are a an evolutionary product of aliens, and vice versa. Who knows? It'd be interesting. You yeah. know, I think they are among us. I do. All right. Oh, I think they are. Another question here for you. Andrew and Tia are asking, do you think the disappearances in the national forests are UFO related or cryptids? I think they could be to a degree, but I think it has to do more so with, um, with, um, portals. And I have seen some evidence of portals that people, that researchers have taken in the past. Um, and when I say portals, not necessarily portals that go to other dimensions, possibly portals that go to an alternate reality, you know, say somebody steps into something, they're in a, they're in another reality that looks just looks very similar to where they came from. Now is the time to reevaluate and diversify your investments. My name is Dutch Mendenhall, CEO and co-founder of RadDiversified.com. With our time-tested and proven acquisition strategy, I'm confident your investments will make money, build a legacy, and protect America. We're built to thrive in any market condition. We find the investments, manage the properties, and you get the rewards. We're trusted by thousands of investors who have earned millions of dollars. Come see what makes us rad at RadDiversified.com. That's RadDiversified.com. Come see us. When was the last time you totally logged off and took all of your vacation days? Well, Michelob Ultra Pure Gold can help with a little PTO. That's paid time outdoors. Pure Gold has a PTO experience that will help you get away from every ping. Go to MichelobUltra.com slash PTO to request your PTO for a chance to win a trip for four to an amazing remote destination. Enjoy responsibly. No purchase necessary. Open to U.S. residents 21 plus void or prohibited. Enter by 10-14-22. For official rules, visit MichelobUltra.com slash contest dash rules. But it, there's some differences. And then they're, they're able to come back, and then they're somewhere else where, be, you know, where they didn't 
go into it. It kind of moves them off to another location. Uh, I think that's very possible. Really? Um, so yeah, I'm yeah. Right. I, I think uh, I, I think like the missing four one one phenomenon. Right. I, I I think it's more portals, more more of people stepping into portals uh, and and going to other locations and sometimes coming back, being deposited at another location. Now, I'm not saying cryptids aren't involved with this. I think they very well are. There have been many instances where children have been uh, either saved or picked up by a Sasquatch and taken care of for a couple of days or even hours, and then they let the, let the child go, and the child has a, a story of a big, hairy bear or something that took care of them. Or uh, it could be an abduction. Who knows? Uh, the fact that people, many of these stories with the missing 911, excuse me, missing 411 and, and related types of disappearances are very sudden disappearances. Uh, I, I think it, it has more to do with, uh, with portals. See, I'm not sure about that. I, and, I, and I'm not discounting the portal aspect because I do believe mm-hmm. that is happening. But mm-hmm. I think there are rogue creatures out there that are taking them. I don't think it's as much UFO. I mean, let, let's face it, too. And we, we can't be remiss in saying that this is all monsters or aliens mm-hmm. that are taking them. I mean, there's a lot of sickos who have gone off the grid that cannot handle humanity who have kidnapped people, whether it's children, whether it's uh, adults or women or you know, especially women. There are a lot of perverts out there. We got we to gotta mm-hmm. be aware of that. But, I mean, I'm just wondering, you know, how many of these rogue creatures, you know, or maybe, you know, you see a, a, a little child playing hide-and-go-seek, and the kid would be the equivalent of a teddy bear to a Sasquatch or, or, mm-hmm. or, some, or a dogman or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, I've heard very, I've heard stories. I've written about them. And, you know, I've gotten reports about those. I had a report not long ago. I think I even sent to you about an individual who in BC who was actually swore that they were was it BC? No, it was Montana, where they were actually um, as a child they were abducted by a uh, a female Sasquatch. And uh, they were kept for several hours until, from what he b- remembers, this this female was talked into letting me letting him go. <clears throat> he didn't know the reason why. Maybe she had compassion for it, or maybe had lost a you know lost a child or juvenile previous to that. Maybe the mother instinct came into effect. But um, yeah, that was something I reported very recently, and I do get those occasionally. Oh man, that I don't know. I think it's something we need to pay more attention to moving forward. I think I think David Politis and many others are on the right path in in really soaking in a lot of these. I would love to see them put more you know, more maps of alien abductions or Sasquatch close encounters over top of these missing four one one maps that they have we know the tunnel system 
for some weird reason seems to line up with it. Have you seen any other line up? Yeah, <clears throat> I haven't seen any of those maps. I know there are some out there, but, you know, as many missing person cases that are reported yearly, man, that, that would be a crowded map. <laughs> um, you know, there are a lot of cases, not necessarily in, in state and in, in national parks. Uh, I, I, I have seen figures in the past of how many people go missing every year and ne- they never turn up or bodies never turn up. It's a scary you know, time. You can, yeah, it is scary. I mean, you, you don't know, really know what happened. And uh, that's why when I get cases where people have disappeared and uh, – for the most part, they they are returned somehow, or they show back up. But there have been several out there that where the person just never returned. Lon, what you got coming up on phantomsandmonsters dot com? Well, you know, I'm I post every day on the on the blog. Uh, we we do have some interesting shows coming up on Phantoms and Monsters Radio Wednesday night. I'm going to do another personal reports narrated some of the, the incidents who have been ever reported to me. And then Friday night, we've got a pretty interesting show where it's a case that we have been involved with for the past eight or nine months from a, a couple in Ohio who have had cryptic canines in their, on their property for the past dozen years. Oh my. And they're going to be on live with me and discussing it. Lon Strickler's Strange Days. Coming up next, Hour 3, we're going to kick it off with the Swamp. Next. Great show, my friend. Great show. Good. We made it through another one. And, made uh, it through another one. We'll be in touch for next month. Uh, if you Yeah, can, I'll let you know. Yeah, if you can't make it, I'll get uh, see if Eric Bintel will come back on. Yeah, I'm sure Eric would come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had a great time. Great yeah, time. he's a good guy. All right, brother. You take care. Okay. You, yeah. mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I'm just going to step away here and uh, get a hold of Nicole, and we'll be right back, everyone.
right, moving up here. Here we go. I know. I'm uh, Dirty Filth has taken a couple of nights off. He's got to work late at the store. So I apologize for that. We need a filth cam. Thank you, Steve, Kira, Cat Chaser, Eddie, and Smithy for the super chats. We're going to get going here in about 15 seconds. And we're going to figure it out. We'll figure out the breaks. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune us on in wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Just do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Hebephrania. Hebephrania is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey into the swamp. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. In the early summer of 2020... My girlfriend Kayla and I decided to go camping. We had only been going out for a few months at this point, and before I had met her, I was very enthusiastic about trying to complete a section of the Appalachian Trail hike. I never got much farther than acquiring a full backpack of gear and all the essentials, like a tent, cookware, etc. But I had everything we could need for camping for a day or two, so we got some steaks and some beers and walked out into the woods. I had chosen a place for us to hike. It wasn't too far from my parents' house where I had grown up, so we parked my car at their house and my dad drove us to the end of the dirt road about 10 miles away from home. So we wouldn't have to leave a car there overnight so that someone would know exactly where to find us if they needed to start a search in any case of emergency. I told my dad that I would get in touch with him around noon the next day to let him know if we wanted to stay another day. We said our goodbyes and began the trek. I chose this trail because it only went down about three-fourths of a mile and reached a beautiful stream with a dilapidated sawmill that made for a significant trail marker. Unfortunately, 
I had lost my phone somewhere along that trail between the old road and the sawmill, but I didn't realize it until we had set up the campsite already. When we reached the broken down sawmill, we straddled the stream to the left and kept it along, so we didn't get lost. This wasn't a popular camping site by any means. I wasn't honestly sure if I was even allowed to be there, but I was familiar with the area growing up there. My friends and I would swim that stream growing up all the time. We eventually reached a clearing right next to the stream and set up our tent on the sloping ground. Without realizing it, we got our fire going with a lighter, cracked some beers, and waited until we were hungry to begin cooking. Unfortunately, we hadn't prepared much for wasting time out there, so we eventually started cooking out of boredom. Oh, and we went back to search for my lost phone and found it. Spirits were still a little low from the combination of lethargy, sweating, bugs, and the search for the phone. And cooking didn't go well, either, honestly. We ran out of beer very quickly, having not brought enough, but having our wits about us at night may have paid off. We were both freezing at night and had trouble sleeping in our slant. Our heads were ever so slightly lower than our feet, and looking back, I'm not sure why we didn't just spin around. We heard the usual sounds everyone would listen to when camping in the woods at night. It's almost like you have superhuman hearing when sleeping in the woods alone or maybe just without a gun. I lay awake most of the night, half listening to sounds and half imagining them, I'd assume. Then, I was woken up by Kayla climbing over the top of me to get to the tent door. She had to use the bathroom. My phone said it was about 5am, so Kayla left the tent and did her business, and I tossed a little before getting out of the sleeping bag to check the fire. Kayla and I met at the fire, which was almost just embers at this point and I started stoking it with the firewood I had gathered the previous night. We decided to sit on a log that was our makeshift bench and huddle with a blanket for a while. As we silently watched the fire, I heard the first snap, a quiet but distinct snap of a twig off to our right. About 40 feet away behind some brush, my head shot over and stared in the direction for a good minute, but I was also convinced from hearing things all night that a twig snapping might not be something to worry about. We sat at the fire some more, but it was still virtually pitch black besides the 15-foot fiery luminescence from our camp. Some time had passed and I heard another branch snap, but this time it was off more to the front of us. This time I stood up and looked out because if it's in front of us that means it's moving. Across the campfire was a very steep hill that spanned a reasonable distance, with a stream to our back. We were in the middle of a valley, and I scanned the side of the hill trying to see anything. I heard one more snap and this time I told Kayla to get into the tent, close it and grab my hunting knife. I think her getting up quickly might have spooked what was stalking us. Suddenly I could see, slowly creeping in the horizontal line about 40 to 50 yards up the hill, was some very bright and beady eyes with a long bushy tail. I immediately knew that this was a mountain lion. I wish I could have just run into another black bear, it would have been so much easier. I was terrified, but even more so. I was aggressively ready to defend this woman I dragged into the woods to have a mediocre time with. I yelled to Kayla, Holy crap, it's a mountain lion! I threw my arms up and began grunting as loud as possible. I picked up a hatchet I had brought to chop wood and began slamming it into our log, trying to look as terrifying and as large as possible. I may have even grabbed firewood still lit for protection in any case that it got closer. Ultimately, I was fortunate enough to watch the mountain lion retreat up the hill probably pissed off that its cover was blown. Nevertheless, I stood there slamming my hatchet around and trotting the camp's perimeter for almost two hours until the sun was fully up. 
I thought we were safe, enough to start packing at least. We called my dad at 7am, and thankfully he was already awake. He couldn't sleep at night because he just felt wrong. We stood there watching the forest until he picked us up at the end of the road. The adrenaline didn't wear off until I was back in my car ready to go home. And that is our resident swamp dweller hanging on out with us here once again as we love it when swamp dweller comes on in because that's what we do around here is just get ready and go and get scared with the swamp dweller. I listen to the guy each and every night before I go to bed and I really appreciate it, you know, because he's so entertaining. He is so, so theatrical in what he does. You can check out Swamp Dweller and thousands of his stories for free by going to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads, and we will play it again tomorrow night as he is here with us every Monday through Friday night in hour number three to kick things off. We're just waiting for Nicole Sackage, who's having a computer update going on right now. Bad timing indeed, but she is going to be with us momentarily for the UFO report. as She makes her return after a couple of months back on Spaced Out Radio. And, uh, and I know she's listening in. Nicole, maybe if you check your junk mail, maybe it went in there. But the link has been sent to you. It has been sent. So make sure you check it on out. We're going to get into the Wilson memo, the Wilson documents. Welcome, my ugly duckling, to your emergency makeover. Blue eyeshadow all over, mermaid, or green lips, front vibes. Now, go find your princess. Download Discovery. Shh, with a wish. Are we on? Welcome, my little ugly duckling, to your emergency makeover. Blue eyeshadow all over. Thirsty mermaid. Or lime green lips. We call this frog core. Now, go find your princess. Download Discovery. Wish. With Wish. Nicole Sackage works very, very closely with Grant Cameron. And I got to say this before I bring Nicole on. Okay. I've had issues with the Wilson documents. Issues. And this goes back a couple of years. Okay. This goes back a couple of years where. You know, I had Grant Cameron and Michael W. Hall on the show, and they told our audience point blank, we are going to break a huge, huge story on SOR. And in the midst of all the 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 to do and the and everybody talking about it, the notes were found on Reddit. The story ended up going and breaking elsewhere. And Michael W. Hall is the one who really jumped at the opportunity to take it to every podcast before calling us. And I got a little upset with that. And to this day, I mean, Nicole will say, I hold a grudge on this. And you know what? She, she's right. She is right. However, what we are learning about these documents is they are very, very real people. 
They are very real, and I believe it's time to put business aside and really focus on these documents, the Wilson documents. And we're going to get Nicole to break them on down and really, really push the the limits on where they are what they're doing. And this is why we're going to have Grant Cameron, famed Canadian researcher on tomorrow night on the show. He was on Jimmy Church earlier today. But let's bring Nicole in and let's get this thing going. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. filling in on the UFO report for a traveling Tim Senor tonight. Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It's been a long day for you. And before we get into everything, you know, it's been a few months since you've been on Spaced Out Radio. You've been really working on your own uh, research and your own uh, path towards, you know, trying to figure out the phenomena but, man, it's so good to have you back on. Thank you, my friend. Honestly, I feel like I've been away from my vacation home for too long or something. Like, ah, oh, <laughs> the good old beach. <laughs> so, yeah, how's everybody in the chat? I've been dipping into the chat room more than I've been on air, so I've missed everybody. Like, giggles, you know. <laughs> Dirty filth always says hi. That's any chat room, though. I'm blowing up everywhere these days. I can pop in on Goof on and be okay, and Fessler's chat room and be okay. Yours fade to black, like <laughs> yes, yes. And you know what? I want to give a shout out to Jimmy Church from Fade to Black because right. I contacted him yesterday, knowing that you know all of this stuff that we're going to talk about here momentarily. And I called up Jimmy yesterday. I said, hey, Jimmy, you know, you got Grant Cameron on tonight. I got him on tomorrow night. We're going to be hitting this Oak Shannon Wilson documents left, right, and center. And what do you say we do a little bit of cross promotion? And, you know, Jimmy, for all of his critics, has never, ever turned me down on anything. And he, his words out of his mouth were absolutely, Dave. Seriously, absolutely. You know, that's my best Jimmy that I got. And so, that's, that's good, pretty good, Jimmy. And and so Jimmy had an incredible show with Grant, and we highly recommend any of our radio listeners or our podcast listeners or YouTube listeners to go over to Jimmy Church's Fade to Black on YouTube and watch this episode. It was two power hours of Grant Cameron, the Wilson documents, Oak Shannon. And, you know, it's a good, did you hear him fight? Did you hear Jimmy and Grant fight? <laughs> that part, I that part I missed. Cause I, I did have to go and get ready for the show, but it was dynamic. You know, I mean, it was it was a good back and forth. It wasn't like fisticuffs or anything. Yeah. It wasn't like you holding a grudge against Wilson documents. You know, for two years, Nicole, I have refused to talk about this subject. Two, three years. I know. 
And you and I have talked uh, seriously. You and I have talked uh, uh, very much about these. And, you know, the idea that tonight or earlier tonight, Jimmy had Grant on. We got Grant coming on tomorrow night for the show to break the, the severity of these documents down. And we're going to introduce most people to a gentleman right now who they've probably never heard of, but is extremely important in the UFO oh. world, a gentleman named Oak Shannon. And we also want to say next week, we are going to have a follow-up with Melinda Leslie on this topic. And Melinda is in our chat room right now. And she has, I believe the gentleman's name is James Hawk or something along those lines. Mr. Hawk, Hawk. I say Hawk, but I'm from the Midwest. I pronounce everything wrong. Yeah. (laughs) So she's going to break down the secondary confirming notes on everything. So Nicole, let's start with you because this is going to be a warm up to tomorrow's show with Grant Cameron. And for people who don't know, Nicole and Grant Cameron work very closely together in their UFO research for our audience, Nicole, in getting them warmed up for tomorrow night's show. Who is Oak Shannon? Very briefly. I'm let me pull up a bio. I can't be brief. But briefly, he was a member of John Alexander's theoretical physics working group, also known as the Cosmic Club, has been reiterated possibly many times up until present day. Um, But yeah, do you have his bio with my tech problem? I didn't have it pulled up and ready, but I will find the full bio for you in just a minute. Uh, I don't have his bio, but... But there are many people who believe that Oak Shannon is part of this elusive club that not many people have ever heard of called the Collins Elite, that he is a member of this. And there is rumor about it. We There is no confirmation, but maybe break down uh, what the Collins Elite is as well. Well... See, the Collins Elite is one of those elusive groups, and their names are probably known. I will say they are kind of talked about as being ultra-religious, maybe, in the past, to where this might be one of those bottlenecks or funnels in our government to where they don't want this narrative out because it conflicts with a Christian narrative, maybe. So... That's all very scary and life-changing things for some people, you know, to grasp. It We talk about it all the time, how it just flips your whole perspective. So with the Collins Elite, there's always kind of excuses that go along with it. But I will say they are kind of, in my opinion, the most notoriously secretive. Out of all of them, you hear like whispers of so-and-so talks to who, so-and-so talks to who, so-and-so. Not ever out of the Collins elite. Like they, it's like they invented the word secret. So, or at least secret club. <laughs> um, I don't have a bio on the Collins elite. And I did ask Grant about that because throughout the last few days, people have been excited that a Collins elite 
actually gave an interview referring to Mr. Oak Shannon, which I don't think he would call himself one. I don't know if he knows other people might consider him one. Grant didn't seem to follow that line, but I also don't know if Grant just maybe didn't want to entertain that thought or go there. So Melinda and I tossed this around. I think it was two nights ago now. I've stayed up two nights in a row. So <laughs> maybe Melinda can touch on this more next week because she'll she'll give a full background on it and give you all their members, <laughs> maybe, or known members, well, which I could share her slides. But, you know, I'll talk about Melinda, but I don't want to start sharing, you know, like her charts. We share those behind the scenes more than, you know, I want her to share them. So I want her to get the glory. Well, you know, you know what's interesting is Oak Shannon. I noticed today actually followed us on Twitter, so I'm sure he may be listening, knowing that Grant is coming on this show tomorrow night as well. But the idea behind this all does come down to almost like a confirmation, Nicole, of these right. Wilson documents. We got about three minutes before we have to go to break. Why should the public, especially those who are maybe intermittent within, you know, checking out the UFO world, why should they be paying attention to the Wilson documents? Let me give Oaks bio first, and then we'll get into that sure. importance after our break. Is that okay? That works. Um, Oak Cannon is a Navy veteran and retired Los Alamos National Laboratory physicist. Shannon comes off in the core secrets as a liaison who introduced Wilson and Davis to each other. That's from Billy Cox's article. I know we've been passing it around behind the scenes a lot lately, but I will say Billy Cox wrote this wonderful article and then he's even updated it, you know, as he does. And you can find his article at his website and life in Jonestown is, I guess, are these called blogs when you just blogs. write? Is that a blog? Yeah, that, that's what blogging is. <laughs> there you go. And the title of his is Oak who the Admiral. <laughs> so look that up. Billy Cox. I sent him an email earlier today, so I hope he's paying attention. I know he is. He's following right along with this. Now there are some but big names that are involved with this. You've already mentioned yeah. Eric Davis, Admiral Wilson. You've mentioned Oak yeah. Shannon, that he worked with John Alexander, who's a former guest on this show, and really the only person ever on this show to scream at me and me actually get scared. Hey, see, like, I don't know. You know, I have wanted to talk with Mr. Alexander probably for decades, and I've I know, like, you know him, Melinda's known, you know, all of this. And I've never approached him. And that might be the, the slight intimidation factor as well. But, and slightly the, I think he's just so fascinating. But then it's what other people say about him as well. You know, like, when I interviewed Lee Spiegel, and he's like, I want John Alexander with me everywhere. He's the you know, like badass, and he's, 
against aliens, against humans, against whoever. I don't care what John with me. <laughs> like, you know, who wouldn't want a friend like that, first of all? And then who wouldn't want a friend like that that could tell you all these amazing life stories about all these interesting people that he's got to collaborate with and explore these strange topics with? Like, And I think that's why I get excited when I think about this uh, theoretical physics working group. Because Grant says, you know, they're all kind of secretive, but just the excitement of them getting together and trying to do this and seeing how far they can take it, you know? That Nicole Sackage is here. We're going to continue on with Oak Shannon. Who is he? And the importance of the Wilson documents coming up next, leading into tomorrow night's show with Grant Cameron. And we'll get into the ODNI and a UFO on Space Out Radio's UFO Report. You know what the fun part for me is, is, and I just did it for the first time, is going to watch the movie Men Who Stare at Goats with George Clooney. <laughs> and, I was talking and, about that earlier. And trying to figure out which one is John Alexander? Which one is Hal Putoff? Which one is, uh, you know, I, I mean, Putoff, I don't think is a main one. He's like in the background in like one scene where you're like, that could be Hal. Oh, I know. <laughs> and then it's John. <laughs> oh yeah, but I mean, was it the book? Yeah, the book. Read the book. Read the book. Yeah, and then learn about the author of the book. And then let's talk because, yeah, the movie is fun. Just like talking about Star Wars or Star Trek is fun. But no, read the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always try and figure it out. Always try and figure what it out. What was your favorite part? Tell me that. Was it the goat? <laughs> no. I get it. Was it you and McGregor's character, how he got sucked in? I could see Maybe. him relating to a journalist. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I kind of watch the movies and documentaries a little bit different now when it comes to these topics. Because when I see somebody I know on television, I get really giddy, you know? And it's like, hey, I know that person. I've talked to that person. <laughs> that person has my phone number. You know, like, I, I, I get... <laughs> I get all, all uh, you know, uh, William, starstruck. my son, when William sees Grant, like, you know, he'll see him on my laptop when we're talking and they talk and everything. But if William ever sees Grant on television at a show, he always ducks. He's like, can Grant see me? And it cracks me up. But yeah. Oh, man. I, yeah. I get giddy all the time. I We call it fangirl, honestly. Yeah. I still, after all these years, I get these fangirl moments with people, and I'm like, Bleh. Yeah, I had one. I met an astronaut about a month ago online and chatted with him, and I was like, oh, my God. No way. <laughs> an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I told that to my son, and he's like, Hey, your your kid may have solved plasma. I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> he has questions. Let's put it that way. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, it, for any of you who don't understand the brain power of Nicole Sakic's son, uh, he he's I I think he's seven, going on about twenty four, and <laughs> like like uh, you know post bachelor's going into his master's degree in physics, you know that that's how smart the kid is. It's unbelievable. I hope so. <clears throat> I do. Oh, you'll get. Thank that. you. Okay. You'll, you'll get that. And you tell Will that. I I don't want him to get one of those big, giant, raging egos too soon. So he'll watch these one day and be like, man, my mom's friends are awesome. <laughs> yeah. My little, my little guy comes in here tonight, and the minute he sees the blue up on my camera, I have these mm-hmm. little blue lights on my camera, he's like shy starts to shy away right because he doesn't want to be on camera and i'm like come on kid come on my my kid is weird though because he literally i'll ask him what'd you do in school today i don't know well did you learn some math yeah well did you learn any science oh yeah well we we were learning insects today or whatever and then like he is so i don't even want to talk about it dad like and like, here's me. I'm like, no, we're gonna talk about this, you little son of a gun, right? And uh, then report card day comes, and it's like straight A's, you know. Right. And I'm like, all That's- I all I want to do is have a conversation, boy. Teach me. <laughs> I know. It, last year it was, I'm the smartest kid in class, mom. I know I'm the teacher's favorite. Everybody else is still babies. <laughs> you know, you would say things like that. That's why I said your kid, and your kid is going on 24. And, well, this year, he he gets real excited if he's entertained by the homework. But they had to trace their hand a couple of weeks ago, and they were supposed to talk about the details of their hand, like their fingernails yeah. or something, you know. He brought his home and he was like, mom, we have to add to this and I'm going to take it back to my teacher. I drew the bones and veins and tissue and tendons and wanted like a label off to the side. Hold on. on. Here here, here we go. Here we go. third we're heading for home tonight on spaced out radio thank you so much for tuning us in my name is dave scott very much appreciate it want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old davy the favor hit that subscribe button our website is spacedoutradio.com we have a plethora of features for you including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go with Nicole Sackage filling in for Tim Senor this week on the UFO Report. And, Nicole, we are getting into Oak Shannon 
and the Wilson documents. This has really blown up over the last couple of days here about this. And everything always seems to revolve around tomorrow night's guest, Grant Cameron, who is an idol and hero of both you and me. And literally, uh, if you ever get a chance to meet Grant Cameron, he is one of the nicest people you could ever meet. And by God, if you have a UFO story for him, he wants to hear it. I mean, he's just an amazing, amazing man. You know, I actually received one of the best Grant compliments I think I've ever heard from somebody randomly before. Welcome, my ugly duckling, to your emergency makeover. Blue eyeshadow all over, mermaid, or green lips, drunk or vibes. Now, go find your princess. Download Discovery Shh. with Wish. Are we on? Welcome, my little ugly duckling, to your emergency makeover. Blue eyeshadow all over. Thirsty mermaid. Or lime green lips. We call this frog core. Now, go find your princess. Download Discovery. Wish. With Wish. Or... Want me to read it to you? I do. It's actually kind of amazing. We'll show some Grant love. <laughs> Where'd it go? It's kind of buried. I got so flooded today, and I'm sorry if I ignored anybody that I haven't gotten to that's messaged me. <laughs> it's been one of those days. It started last night with Melinda Leslie at 3 a.m. <laughs> so... I lost it. The, I can't find it. I maybe didn't save it. Oh, darn. Give us the gist. Um, it was honestly, they had always heard about Grant, like as the third person, and they had never really tuned into him. And they here, I found it. It's a, a major props for the show. How does Grant even find the time to breathe? Everybody says that. <laughs> I looked and found ne'er a spare millisecond, and he is dropping truth bombs nonstop to the tunes of Tupac, to the left and to the right, which I don't know. I love Tupac, so if Grant's compared to Tupac, then that's just amazing to me in some dimension. And then it says, the man is truly brilliant and devoted to the mission in such a righteous way that all the losers and posers and whiners and wannabes don't even see the core mentality or the missing characteristics and the dedication that separates the wheat from the chaff. Right? Is that not a great, like, summation of Grant Cameron? Like, and what it really means to be a researcher for 40-something years. You know, it it shows the dedication. Two two times he's been researcher of the year, I believe. Like he never brags about himself, so we can brag about him. A yeah, little we bit, need, I think. Grant Cameron needs a lot more bragging. He really well. Does. He's. I think he's the most humble person in this field, honestly. Me too. Except when he gets fired up and wants to poke some bears, then he's all like, "Oh, let's I don't know, short sheet somebody like." <laughs> You know, even Grant riled up isn't mean. I'm mean for him. I got to be the bad girl today. So, 
Well, you're allowed every now and again. Oh, great. Let's get right back to the Wilson documents and maybe give a little, like a two, three minute brief history on the importance of these documents and explain who Eric Davis is and Admiral Wilson. I'm going to pull up my little notes here because I want to refer back to this excellent article of Billy Cox's. I think he summarizes it beautifully. Um, Got to find my spot now. Sorry, I'm operating off the phone. That's okay. Eric Davis is a physicist and longtime Pentagon consultant. He's maintained a no-comment posture over the documents and their authenticity. So let's just point that out. According to the New York Times, Davis told a DOD agency in 2020 about the U.S. recovery and possession of off-world vehicles not made on this earth. So that is sort of a segue into why the Wilson Wilson Davis document notes. What do we officially call those things? But anyways, they're important because who the conversation took place between and what the conversation talked about. It was alluding to crash retrievals. And Wilson, he has denied the notes about three times now. But most recently, he has said if he if amnesty happens, he will do his part with the closed hearings and tell the truth essentially read between the lines on that. There is some reason why he won't come clean. Nobody really understands it, but people do bug him about it. So when the Wilson Davis notes broke, how Grant has talked about, they came from Edgar Mitchell's personal library. And so when he passed away, the notes kind of came out to the public via James Rigney via Grant Cameron, dropping them on Reddit, things like that. So a few people like caught wind of this, and now it is sort of this pivotal pivotal (laughs) document of the century. Is that what Richard Dolan called it? Like we were going with that. This all fed into this disclosure push that we're, you know, in the middle of now. It was sort of the first, truly validating sourced document that talked about this. All the other ones are kind of very controversial, like the MJ 12 documents, like the Eisenhower documents, this, you know, all of it. So that's why I think people were personally excited about it. Other than who was actually in the conversation and where the notes came from. So, was that a good summation? I, I think it is. And, and, and it, and it yeah. is something that we also have to look at, too, as, as a, a real summation of kind of the hidden secrets going on behind the government side of UFOs or UAP, whatever you want to call them. We're UFO people here uh, in this area. And it really goes to show how deep the cover-up goes between agencies, the United States Navy, the military, and the government, and the scientists who are working 
on this technology. Now, Nicole, this subject does have its critics. We've seen, you know, people like Stephen Greenstreet or John Greenwald come out highly against these documents being anything but real. You know, how do you... Yeah, Erica Luke's for kind of from the beginning, you know, when we first broke the documents and did our disclosure panels, you know. And I, I honestly appreciate these opposing points of view, you know. I really do. I think it gives that good debate and back and forth and gets to the bottom of it. Like, I don't think the Wilson document debate has been really brutal. I mean, maybe... <laughs> Maybe a few people on Twitter have really gone fisticuffs over it. But, I mean, to me, like the the 40-plusers like Grant and even, you know, everybody got on board with these. And look where they're at today. You know, that was part of what Grant mentioned with Oak and these emails behind the scenes over the last couple of days. It's like, can you believe, <laughs> you know, or would you have thought when you were a child, you know, your name would be on a document that's just been read into Congress? Like... <laughs> That's amazing. No, I, I think it's pretty amazing as well. I mean, the idea, though, that this goes, like most people, when they look at this subject, Nicole, they are looking at it from a, you know, John Doe or Jane Doe seeing some lights in the skies. And I'm sure there's something at Area 51. They're looking at, at, a, at a very minimalist level. They don't really understand, even people in our audience, I don't think fully understand or comprehend how far this subject goes when it comes to technology, crash retrievals, to potential alien contact and alien bodies already being examined here on Earth. I mean, this is, this is the reality of the Star Trek we are dealing with. And that we can kick it back to Wilson's part in this as well. Not only, you know, Eric Davis looking into this being impressive, but that's where Admiral Wilson, he did try to pursue these things within government. And he was hitting these walls of, you don't need to know, you know, why do you want to know? <laughs> Just because you want to know doesn't mean you need to know. And then he was pretty much, I think, told to flat out drop it, you know, flat out drop it or you're going to ruin what you have. So I think that's very giving of this back and forth that we see with every disclosure push. Like it's talked about, there are those within that are in the know that want it out. There are those within that are in the know that don't want it out. Are those knowns even known to each other? And it's hard to tell. And this is where the critics come in. And this is where I appreciate people like Erica Lukes for saying what they say and Green Street for saying what they say and John Greenwald for saying what he says. You know, when you do analyze all these characters or these people, whether they're from the aviary or Valet's Invisible College or the Advanced Theoretical Working Group, you know, all the way up to now when we talk about TTSA or the Lou Crew, you know, you, you look at 
each individual person and know they're connected to these groups. And then you have to just sort of sort through it. Like, are they good in this moment? Are they bad? What are their intentions? And it's all speculation. It honestly is. I just praise John Alexander. I know there's people out there in the community that really are scared to death of him and think that he's a scary man, though. Like, and I get like anybody that's highly military trained can be scary. But no, these are like experiencers that swear that he's part of their experiences. And that's frightening to people. But then there's, you know, like people like Jacques Vallée that are celebrated and he's, you know, the great grandfather of our community or saying all the praises forever to him. But then you even find out little nuances of like the Capella docu or his Capella research going straight to ATIP before ATIP was known. Like, was he telling people that? Like, was the community all like, yay, Jacques Vallée's doing something we don't know about? Like, to me, that's secretive. But is it secretive bad or secretive good? Does the UFO community have the right to know everything Jacques Filet does just because they want to know it? No. It's the need to know again. (laughs) Explain the Capella group. The way I understand it, it is the database that Jacques Filet has amassed and collected over the decades of his research. And... I think it's public. I think anybody can search it. Maybe. I'm not sure. I haven't dug that far into it. But his 260,000, is that what it was? 260,000 observational cases were given to ATIP before it was outed. I want to ask you about that. I want to ask you about that because, and I, I don't care if we have to skip the news tonight. Uh, this this is much more important because it is news on what's going on. Jacques Vallée comes out and says he's investigated 260,000 cases that he turned over to ATIP, which Lou Elizondo was allegedly still a part of. And we do believe that he did run the program, at least I do. Okay, yet we're hearing in the DNI report of 2021, that there was 144 cases and 143 were unknown. One was a weather balloon, coincidentally. I mean, this just goes to show the trickery, and I want to use a different word there than trickery. It sounds like trickery, but more of a swear word, of what we are seeing within the UFO community and within the scientific community of everybody preaching, they want disclosure. They want the public to know what's going on. But nobody had ever heard about Jacques Vallée's 260,000 cases before. I think maybe they had, but it's just maybe been buried or, you know, talked about in subgroups or something. I, I mean... If this was on a bio for, I sent it to you. What was it from? It was a conference in France. Conference in France, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, pretty standard stuff. I mean, it's on a public bio. I had just never seen it read that way in the States, you know. Me either. Me either. It's just, it's weird. 
We're going to move on because tomorrow night we have Grant Cameron here uh, on this show talking about the Wilson documents, the involvement of a gentleman named Oak Shannon, who we've introduced you to. Thank you to Nicole Sackage for that. But I want to ask you something that came out this weekend that really caught the ufology off guard a little bit. And that revolves around a certain logo from the office of the director of national intelligence. And for people in radio who can't see this, it shows an airliner, a jet fighter, a stealth fighter, a drone, all flying across from South America into North America on an angle. But way down in the corner, they've added a unidentified flying object, the classic UFO disc. Uh, Nicole, what was your first thoughts when you saw this? Oh, I can tell you that almost immediately because I texted my first thoughts. I sent them. And honestly, I was about 20 hours behind this news breaking by the time I was commenting on it. And so it did kind of crack me up a little bit, but um, I'll have to edit out my own cussing. (laughs) I said I was going to smart Alex something about a classic daylight disc or a cigar or that a Tic Tac might have been better option than a domed sports model but then that blue triangle up top keeps my smart comments to myself (laughs) and i will say um yeah when you zoom in on the blue triangle it's got those two little things on the bottom so that's interesting and what you called a drone i call a satellite that's like that's a satellite Okay. That's a spy satellite spying over the Midwest, <laughs> according to where it's located. And that uh, UAP is in the Pacific Ocean. Not where Catalina Island is, but your eye is kind of directly kind of in that area where you're like, what? No, they're not meaning that specifically. But honestly, this has been removed. I don't know if it was released as a fake um ross coulter was talking about it on twitter just a few hours ago about how this has been rescinded and i don't know if it's been whispered that maybe this was a joke that got put out officially but yeah it's been it's been taken back that's not the that's not the right one Kind of like how we heard at Roswell. Like, nope, we didn't recover a crash. Either way, I find it uh, I find it very funny that, um, you know, we see these jokes being played all over the place. Uh, you know, I, I remember talking to, uh, you know, my new source who used to work at Area 51 who, who would state... Oh who would state to us, Nicole, that at Area 51, one of the funniest jokes for them is watching these movies come out that have spy planes in it because they know they've already been tested at Area 51 and whether they work or not. Or if you take the new Top Gun movie where Tom Cruise is flying the spy plane, that's allegedly the retired Aurora 
from the Aurora program. And we've now bumped yeah. up to the SR-75, which Michael Schratt that, talks about. Is that blue thing in Aurora? That would be an Aurora-type <laughs> craft right there. Yeah, and that's what, you know, I mean, from a distance, it looks like classic triangle. Yes. Up close, you see the little things, so you're like, yeah, it's Aurora. But I thought that was like our nice TR-3B leading a fleet of fighter jets, airliners, satellites, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm having some fun with this, honestly, because you told me we were going to discuss this little snidbit, and I think I did kind of segue this into, have you seen all the crazy stuff kind of coming out with Space Force? And with their logos, there's that Delta that's really crisp that kind of looks like a black triangle craft and then what was another one that i saw recently mm, i found a whole bunch of articles and apparently this is a thing it's like units can make their own patches to yes. celebrate things yes and so there are quite a few articles out here in the world even going back like to 2002 or 12 i had them saved we, here we I do have to find them Nicole, we do have to wrap it up, but people should pay more attention to military and spy patches. They always tell the story. Nicole Sackage, thank you so much for coming on in. We've got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, Spreaker, LGAP, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. I know you're out there somewhere. Remember, this show is copyright. Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu Train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night.